doing a podcast isn't hard. Do you know what my research is? I sit in my underpants, and sometimes I watch Cake while I watch a movie. <laughs> That's my research, baby. <laughs> well, dude, honestly, I'm at the point where with what I see people producing on YouTube and shit, I'm like, really, fundamentally, all we got to do is build the audience. I don't know how the fuck to do that. I mean, I understand in theory how it's being done, you know? But uh, for what I'm doing in terms of, like, life and all of that shit, just trying to maintain, oh, you got to put out two or three videos a week. Fuck that, dude. I don't have time for it. Well, and I think we're at least doing good. We didn't include all the gross shit before we hit the record button. <laughs> we well, were yeah. professional enough to avoid just the ASMR nightmare that was <laughs> us clearing out every single orifice that and we, we had. And we could have, because I do, I mean, I have heard, you know, different stuff, like that's part of their gimmick or whatever is that they give you everything, you know. Yeah, part of our allure is my cigarette cough. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Well, you know, and I told you, I'm I'm not going to stop smoking while we're recording. If if the urge comes up, I'll indulge it. But no matter what, as far as um, you know, uh, those noises and things, like I'm not I'm not into any of the bodily function jokes. Really, just just for their own purpose. I mean, yeah, no. It's it's uh it's so juvenile and beneath us, Chris. I don't think we need to actually perform in that capacity. No, but that being said, if you had genuinely just genuinely just ripped a monster fart, that's staying in. Well, of <laughs> course it has to stay in because you I, know. I I won't leave in any bullshit false notes, um, mm. mouth farts. But man, <laughs> you get a genuine ripper on on recording uh, that's staying in baby that's gold <laughs> well i mean i think we agreed a long time ago that we're not going to edit our conversations down oh you know no i mean I, I refuse to change for anyone yeah so what we record is what we record that's what that's what it's going to be i'm totally fine with that but i'm you know i'm not just going to be doing noises just for the sake no, of no, having no. noises or no. whatever the fuck so I'm, I'm glad we've hashed that out on air <laughs> yes thank god <laughs> so, before we get into our discussion <laughs> I about didn't a, we were recording a fantastic until. movie. I was well in there rambling. Yes, we uh, we have the well, beautiful. Um, uh, well, welcome why don't to you introduce yourself. <laughs> well, well, welcome to. Uh, man, it's been a minute since we've done an HPV. We are rusty. Yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, uh, you as well. Um, What's I'm, your name? I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And this is we watch bullshit. I forgot yes, the tagline. This is HPV, and we watch bullshit. That's right. <laughs> and oh boy, did we? Yeah. Yeah, but you know this... you sandbagging motherfucker. <laughs> what Thanks are we watching, Brad? Me. Passenger fifty-seven. Why did we watch Passenger fifty-seven, Brad? Because I'm Passenger fifty-five. Goddamn right. <laughs> mm, in that glorious sweater with that yes. them beautiful locks. Yes, my my then gloriously flowing dark brown hair. But yes. don't be my girlfriend was hey. passenger fifty six in that movie. Hey, time oh. has treated you well, my man. You are <laughs> looking just as pristine now yeah. as yeah. you were in nineteen ninety two. Well, I have to say, dude, for um, all the years it's been, probably the last time I saw this movie was a good ten years ago. So it was an interesting walk down memory lane to um, to watch this again, and especially. Once again, watch it with you. 
watch it with these eyes of, yeah, this movie really is 20 some odd years ago. Boy, there's there's stuff even in this movie that wouldn't wouldn't fly today. Brad, you said this was 92? Yeah. That is 30 years, my friend. Fucking hell. <laughs> See, and no, and I, I just I do want to make it very clear that that wasn't a bit that we were doing. Brad really is passenger fifty five in this film. Oh yeah, that's absolutely true. Brad yeah. is absolutely in this movie in, in a glorious sweater with yeah. flowing locks. But that, you that, have to watch it in the widescreen edition exi- uh, to take full advantage of being able to see me in the in the few glimpses and glances that I am available. But yeah, exactly, and I mean it. You'd really need like a, a decent player as well, because you're gonna want to freeze frame so you can just <laughs> pound one out to young Brad. <laughs> when I was Ooh, in it's my a prime, sight. yeah. But, but yeah. speaking of sights, Passenger Fifty Seven. Well, okay, so this was a big deal in Orlando because at the time, um, part of the reason I was in Orlando was because there was this whole pitch about being the third coast, the third location state, because you had New York and L.A. and Florida was making this huge pitch to be like, hey, we're more than just a tourist state, right? So um, Disney MGM Studios was built, Universal Studios Florida was built, and the intention was that those sound stages would be live, active, viable sound stages, not just tourist spots, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So they had uh, TV shows, they had movies. The biggest problem was that Florida was an actual tourist state. So when the actors who were working at Disney and stuff, were, who were used to nine to five jobs, would book these gigs for like, you know, 12, 14 hour days. First of all, they weren't prepared for that. Second of all, they were like, oh, you know what? I got a gig tomorrow, so I'm not going to be here. That shouldn't be a problem. And, and these... And it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These, these L.A. productions were like, we have you booked for a solid week. And they'd be like... We are on a schedule. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, that, those are just two minor examples of how Florida shot itself in the foot. So I was out there trying to take advantage of this whole thing. And I basically had the advantage of um watching an entire industry just completely implode in florida (laughs) but while all of that was going on passenger 57 was one of the one of the quote-unquote big la productions that was coming into florida to shoot and take advantage of the opportunities that were being presented with the new sound stages and stuff so it was a very exciting time and wesley snipes came in uh, action hero lead, badass that he was, completely cool on set, gracious with everybody, you know, stunt team. Um, God, I don't know how many years he'd already been working with them, but they were all, you know, real tight, clearly good friends, well-oiled machine. I mean, it was it was really cool to be on the set for the most part. So, and this is, I, as you were saying, like, this is one of the big action movies of the 90s. This is... Yeah. It's right up there. This is where Wesley Snipes really, like, came into his own as an action star. Yeah. 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 So it opens with... Um, so we get our usual hero setup. Well, not usual, but... Very interesting credits. <laughs> yeah. Because... And it didn't... The first time I saw the credit sequence, I didn't understand it, but I think a lot of it is riffing off the idea of the um, 
x-ray machines. Yeah. You know, and how you have an object, but you can kind of see through the object. So maybe I'm applying a little bit too much to it, but it kind of seems to me that once you go from the objects to like Bruce Payne and they keep going in on his eyes and stuff, it's like the idea is that you're, you're this getting... is your bad guy. It's establishing your bad guy in a photo negative because it looks like a crime scene photo. It, well, it's, and it's pretty also smart. it kind of takes you into this is this guy is more like a cerebral bad guy. So even though you you know you're in an action movie, just understand that this guy is going to be coming at you, uh, not just with a gun. He's going to be doing some sort of psychological whatever the fuck with this X-ray. Uh, and boy, does he. <laughs> oh, dude. Bruce Payne. Wow. That guy. Mm. And you know what? Performance of the year. Uh, Johnny OneNote. I still, I mean, even watching this, I'm like, man, you could have done so many different levels, but your expression never changes, you know? No, that's the thing that I'm wondering, though, since you were there, was that the choice that he made or was that direction? Oh, no, that's all him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy was a dick. So you literally, I mean, he would be there with his script, the first AD standing right next to him saying, okay, we're, we're ready, you know, we're ready to get the shot, ready to get the shot, waiting on, you know, lots. And the first AD can't say, everybody's fucking waiting on you and you're sitting here with your script in front of you, you know, reviewing the scene. Yeah. Why are you not ready yeah. to go? And, and he's <laughs> just like, yes, I'll be ready in a moment. You know, and the first AD is just like, okay. You're not Jack Nicholson, buddy. You are Bruce fucking Payne. Get well, it together. And that was, that was the thing. It was like, okay, you know, um, even Wesley Snipes understood that Passenger 57 was a career step, you know? It wasn't like he was swinging his dick around going, I'm Wesley Snipes and, and I deserve to be here. He's like... Wesley Snipes was, like, committed to making the whole project good, right? Yeah. Bruce Payne is like, I'm the bad guy. I'm the principal bad guy. That means that everyone will respect that I am the bad guy. I will take my time. And if not, I will give you this icy glare. Yeah. And that icy glare, I mean, dude, that's, that's why I call him Johnny One Note. Because there's no real emotional levels. Now, you compare him to Alan Rickman in fucking Die Hard. Right, mm. which of course came out before this, well before this, and you've got a guy who may appear no. to be cold and distant, but then suddenly he he'll crack a smile that looks really creepy. But the difference you know? though is that Alan Rickman is good, <laughs> <laughs> and Die Hard is a. Like, I, I like Passenger Fifty Seven, but yeah, it's silly. Die Hard is a legitimately like good movie too. So yeah. I mean, it has that on its side. Well. The, Okay, so, yeah, all right. So the Passenger 57 script, the script is, uh, probably could be stronger, let's say. <laughs> oh, man. You know? but, uh, but we get the setup. Okay, so John Cutter is uh, Wesley Snipes, and Cutter is this head of uh, security for airlines, and his particular specialty is counter-terrorist tactics while uh, a plane is being taken hostage, right? And um, we see already he's giving this demonstration, sort of like the Kobayashi Maru in Star Trek Wrath of Khan. But in this case, 
instead of um, Lieutenant Savick getting her whole crew killed, it's the stewardess who stomps on John Cutter's foot, and then uh, John Cutter's like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" Going, "What was that? You could have got everybody killed. If this gun were real, I could have blown your head off." Uh huh. And she's like, "She's like, I was just doing some freeform jazz, baby." <laughs> I was I was, I was punching I was punching up your script. <laughs> I was utilizing your improvisation techniques. And he says, "Well, you could have got everybody killed." And she said, "Oh, so so I took a day off to learn how to uh give up to a terrorist. Great." And so so now the sassy standoffish relationship romance has been established. And um we see in the future Oh, who's on the plane with John Cutter? This same sassy, not stewardess, flight, flight attendant. attendant. Yes. Please. Yes, how dare I? But uh, but at any rate, so now we've got our love interest because we know his wife's dead and he's still traumatized over it, even though he's uh, appears to be doing very well financially, professionally, career-wise, career and all of that. Yeah, but Tom Sizemore's got to get him back in the game, baby. Yeah, it's an example, though, because, you know, he seems to be doing just fine. Yeah. What's, what's the game he's got to get back into? Yeah, you know? I don't think that is ever established. Yeah, so he gets he gets a good job, vice president of security for some some airline security company, okay? So, irony of ironies, he's flying out from... Orlando to Los Angeles. Yes. To take his new job. And who's on the plane? Bruce Payne, Johnny the, One Note terrorist. The bad guy who was expecting an FBI raid while getting plastic surgery. Mm. <laughs> How could I miss that? Yes. <laughs> Doctor, what time is it? And he doesn't. What? Yeah, it just sh- cuts to the clock at. Noon exactly. Yeah, right as the second hand hits noon, the punctual FBI comes storming through the door. Boom. As Bruce Payne is slashing this doctor's throat with a scalpel. How the hell does Bruce Payne know that the FBI is coming, first of all? Why is any of this? Why did he set up plastics? Oh, because they say that he keeps changing his face, but that's never of any consequence ever. Well, somehow, yeah, somehow in all... See now, okay, so here's a real opportunity you could have had with Bruce Payne to make him that extra creepy and kind of reinforce the Johnny One Note face, right? Is if you had a scar line around... So that you could see that there was like a genuine... No, he's had his whole face replaced more than once. Several times. Yeah, to the point where he's got bad fucking scars. And this is part of the reason this guy is so fucking psychotic. He would look like Frankenstein. (laughs) But, you know, if imagine you just did that. So you had Bruce Payne's emotionless performance yes but uh, you had imagine scar wearing, lines. imagine wearing bruce payne's face gotcha i'm there yeah <laughs> but you had the scar lines around to indicate that this even this bruce payne face is a replacement face so we have no idea who this guy actually was or looked like at some point in his life that would have been creepy as fuck it would have helped with the whole johnny one note performance exactly. you know what i mean he has extensive nerve damage but then he couldn't use those those eyes for that piercing glare well you know um 
Brad, you're just creating more problems. Just he's changing his face and kills the doctor and gets away in a high speed. Yeah, chase. and then and then uh, so he gets caught by the FBI. Now, Pretty okay, easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and without jumping ahead too much, this is like the first of what three, four times he's caught by the FBI and somehow weasel waggly bullshit negotiates his way out of it. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. So, um, so without skipping too far ahead, so Bruce Payne's on the plane with uh, Bruce. No, <laughs> wait, what's his name? Rain, John Rain. Uh, I I don't know, but he's not insane. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Payne. <laughs> he assaults Rain. his lawyer. <laughs> Dude, head smashes his lawyer, and says, "Repeat after me." Whatever my name is, Rain, is not insane. Okay, you're not insane, you fucking nutbag. Like and that he's lawyer. He's just in a dirty, dingy bunker with his lawyer. Like that lawyer isn't going to leave the room, go to the cop, and say, you know, hey, you what? know what? Fuck this guy. Lock this fucker up. He just he assaulted just, me. And he just admitted several crimes yeah. in addition to the crimes that he's already committed yeah. to me. I cannot, in good faith, represent this man. Yeah, this man, I. I Told him, he keeps admitting to crimes we never even asked about. <laughs> I told him the number of crimes against him, number of charges. He's like, oh, I've done double that. It's like, okay, well, you know. You, well, goodbye. <laughs> you genuinely need to stop confessing because as your lawyer, you know, I can't hear this shit. You know? <laughs> attorney-client privi- privilege only goes so far. Yeah. And attorney-client privilege aside, I, as a man with any sort of scruples... Cannot possibly continue representing you when you are admitting to crimes <laughs> no one asked about. Okay, here's a question. Where is this international terrorist getting his resources and his money to do all of these face changes and get around and, you know... The bad guy fund. <laughs> <laughs> right, the universal bad guy fund, yeah. of course. I mean, duh. <laughs> What are you stupid? What do you think he works for somebody or something? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> well, clearly he doesn't work for anybody. No, he's, he's a an loose independent on his own. Yes, exactly. With uh, Elizabeth Hurley as a hot chick girlfriend. Yeah. That he spurns for the stewardess because for some reason he's jealous of John Cutter. Oh man, we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get what, there. What a disturbing sight. So okay, so um, John Cutter is aboard the airplane, and wouldn't you know it, he's also afraid of flying. Yeah. So this is the first time when I think that we noticed that they really... Uh, they didn't they think take too much no, about this. They take no steps to endear our hero to us whatsoever because he's immediately a real bag of shit. Well, okay, hang on a second. I, I would dispute the term real bag of shit. And I would probably say more of like a, a mealy mouth, uh, wobbly backboned, uh, not really strong hero... In the sense that he goes to this stewardess who he's already having a hostile relationship with before he gets on the plane. They get on the plane and he... He's immediately demanding. Yeah. And then he goes to the back area where they do work and he just imposes himself (laughs) in her space. Literally just starts taking over the space and saying, look, I'm uncomfortable I don't like being here. I want you to check up on me. Yeah, that's all I ask is that you come check up on me because I don't like flying. God, why can't you just do that? Yeah, it's not like I'm being demanding. And it's like, dude, 
Are you, you're supposed to be the head of security, counter-terrorist for an airline. But no longer, as of yesterday or earlier that day, now he's the former head of security. Well, right, because he's just accepted the vice president job, right? So, So when his wife died, he went on bereavement or whatever it is. I mean, I'm assuming that that's what Tom Sizemore means when he says you need to get back in the game. Is Wesley Snipes went on bereavement after his wife's death. But even that couldn't have been that long because the movie opens with him doing this counter-terrorist exercise where he meets flight attendant lady. So, anyway, I'm just grasping at straws here. The long and short of it is, is that they get on the plane... He gets all mealy mouth, demanding that this flight attendant take extra time and energy and effort to hold his hand during the flight. While he's riding in coach. While he's riding in coach. (laughs) Right. So this high paid executive job could not get him even business class. God, I didn't he even is, think of that. He is sitting next to a racist elderly woman who believes that he is Arsenio Hall. Who thinks Hall. he's Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Oh my God. Talk about a joke you could not do today. Oh no. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Get but, it? It's funny because these two very talented black men look slightly similar. Yes. Uh-huh. To an elderly white woman and, yes. and very much the rest of America. Isn't it hilarious this elderly white woman can't distinguish between two black celebrities? He, 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 he. Well, so at any rate, um, for the most part, most of the jokes are kind of poorly executed like that. Yes. Throughout the movie. But... You know, uh, so, okay, so shall we just that's, jump that's to the, the 90s, baby? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of like, well, you know, and this is the other thing, but, like, okay, when so we like, were talking about but, Die Hard, is just, just real quick, is that this is how, when action movies were, like, in their prime, in the 80s and 90s, right, you could always tell the difference in quality in that way. By, like, the jokes that they told. Mm -hmm. By, like, some of the fight choreography and how that was done. You really could, because the action movies in their prime all sort of had this this sort of method presentation. And shit like Die Hard, you were like, oh, yeah. Top tier stuff. Yep. Passenger 57, I still give it a good solid B. Yeah, it's a a good mid-tier action movie. Yeah, and I think it still holds up in a lot of ways. But there's still these moments where you're like, oh... Yeah, and uh, hmm. what I was going to say is, like, especially in the action genre, like, yeah. even 92 yeah. was still kind of just bonus 80s. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, they uh-huh. hadn't really, like, it took till, what, like, 94-ish for action movies to even kind of come around? Well, and not really, because there was still Steven Seagal being just a menace on the scene. But Well, Steven Seagal, um, his career deflated tragically over time. It was one of those things where it was almost like Elvis, only Elvis had the courtesy to assassinate himself, you know? Whereas Steven Seagal decided that he wanted to be a sheriff and, uh, you know, (laughs) go off... And kill the guy's dog. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, and now he's relegated to fucking... And is in trouble for human trafficking and, like, abducting a woman. I mean, dude... Is that where he's at now in yeah. his life? There, have you seen the picture of him holding the carrot handed to him by Alexander Lukashenko? 
called oh. the uh, last dictator of Europe. The Belarusian yeah. dictator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good friends with Putin, too. Well, the Putin thing I knew about, I mean, I've actually seen videos okay. of him over in Russia training uh, or <laughs> showing some Aikido exercises to the We've Russian gotten Aikido off into schools. Steven Seagal. We've traveled very far afield, and we've got a lot to get to because Passenger yeah. 57 is wild. So Yeah, well, okay, so last comparison with Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal was a guy who career peak, deflated, tragic, all of that stuff. Wesley Snipes is an example of, yeah, okay, he's had ups and downs in his career, but no matter what, I still fucking respect the guy as an actor. Mm -hmm. I respect the guy for the types of movies he continues to put out to this day because he understands, to me, he seems to understand that the movies are intended for entertainment and that's all he's ever really wanted to do, as I understand it, his whole life. is just make movies and act. And he's still able to do that and fuck, as far as I'm concerned, him, Nicolas Cage, as long as you guys just keep rolling out interesting movies, mm -hmm. I'll fucking support what you do, you know? So, yeah. So, anyway, plane gets taken over. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley turns out to be working for the bad guy. Yeah, surprise, the British flight attendant happens to be the girlfriend of the British bad guy. Okay. And the sinister native man. Ooh, yes. Yes, Michael Horse. Uh, wonderful actor, interesting guy on set, and he actually, there's a Lone Ranger movie that was made in late 80s, early 90s, and he was Tonto in that movie. And that was like his biggest um, part prior to Passenger 57. Yeah, because he is, he's native goon in a ton of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's, I mean, he's genuine, authentic Native American. He would tell uh, stories about... Um, uh, just different parts of his youth and stuff. Again, very nice guy. Uh, very cool on the set. Most everybody on the whole terrorist bad guy thing, with the exception of Bruce Payne, most everybody was just really, really, like, you know, cool. Off camera. So this is where it gets kind of baffling yeah. in, the, in the decisions for our hero to make. Because he grabs the flight attendant and... Uh, or no, he's hiding in the bathroom because he was in the bathroom to escape the racist white lady. The, yeah, that's the right. The flight okay. gets taken over. None of the terrorists check the bathroom because, you know, they don't do that. They don't want to see somebody poop. Well, he had, for whatever reason, uh, he was in the bathroom and the big curly-haired guy, when he checked the bathroom doors, if I understand this right, Wesley Snipes had it closed and was holding it closed, but didn't have it locked, so it didn't say occupied. No, because so he walks out and says, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. Well, that's the second part. Oh, all right, all right. Because Wesley Snipes hides in the bathroom, guy comes back, clears the back area, right? Starts moving forward, Wesley Snipes sneaks out of the bathroom, grabs the phone, puts his card in the phone, because remember, those were the days when... You couldn't carry your cell phone on there. You had to use the airline phones. And to use the airline phone, you had to put your fucking credit card into the phone. Ah. And it ran the, ran the card while you were on the phone, right? So that's what he does. Is he goes, gets his card, puts it in there, grabs the, grabs the receiver, goes back into the bathroom. And that's when Curly is like, wait, what was that noise? Okay, gotcha. Let me go back and look again. 
Yeah, see, right? I, I I'm not that old, and I don't take that many airplane flights. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't recognize what was happening whatsoever. Transitionary tech. Yeah, yeah. So if you had to make a phone, so he makes the phone call from the bathroom, gets his friend Tom Sizemore on the phone, who God bless him happens to be in the office right at the time and is able to take the direct call. And, and and as we forgot to mention, Tom Sizemore, the only one drinking at the business meeting that they had. Oh, dude, brilliant. Yeah. It's Bruce Greenwood. And oh, I realized... Oh, looking svelte. Man, did you see his hair? I realized that he was probably in between surfer movies. Uh-huh. You know, when he took that head of FBI role. Because yeah. his hair is still thick like the Real surfer. Real greased back. But it's, yeah, it's all greased back. And, you know, he's got that whole tight tone. Oh, and it's, body. Got, a, it's got a real nice fluff at the bottom, too. That's After what the I'm grease. saying. Yeah, That's baby. what I'm saying. I bet he was, like, somewhere in be- at any rate. So He's him, a real snack is what we're saying. Exactly. God bless Bruce Greenwood. Never, never change, man. <laughs> so... Him and Wesley Snipes are drinking water, and Tom Sizemore is down in the red wine (laughs) while they're at the meeting. He's the only one drinking, you know? Anyway, I mean, I half expected him to invite John Cutter out for some whoring later that (laughs) night just to celebrate the vice presidency. But, uh, you know... Congratulations on your promotion. You want to smoke some ice? (laughs) Let's get your dead wife off your mind. Let's just go do some blowing hookers and and call it a night. Oh, that's right. Tom Sizemore still had cocaine money at that point. Oh, yeah. He was... I mean... Did he do... No. He had not done Saving Private Ryan yet, but he was lining up to do that, you know. And Saving Private Ryan was probably, like... Apex, Tom Sizemore. Oh, that's the peak of Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they, uh, he grabs the hostage, the big curly-haired guy. Yeah. And he has a standoff with Bruce Payne, like immediately. Yeah. Which they actually, both, they both have hostages. <laughs> actually, much respect for this movie for basically saying, you know what? When the shit starts going down, we're not gonna be uh, coy. No, because it really doesn't let off the pedal. This is a pretty balls-to-the-wall action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Snipes makes a desperate attempt to try to uh, negotiate with these clearly violent uh, terrorists by taking one terrorist uh, hostage, using him as a body shield. And who does Bruce Payne grab for his body shield? The flight attendant love interest. Man, in the the PTSD flashbacks start. Start kicking in. Right, exactly. Which, actually, good acting on Wesley Snipes. That, Dude. That's a really good scene. He very much sells that, oh shit, something went wrong. Yeah, and not just something went wrong, but you can clearly see in his moment-to-moment thought, he's covering the terrorist. He's looking at the other terrorists, where they're positioned within the plane. He's looking at the other passengers on the plane and there's the awareness that these people are in danger and he's attempting to diffuse the situation how you know however the decision making process is the performance in his face in that scene is probably about as authentic as that character type performance as you would want to be able to see from your hero. Exactly. You know? He actually steps away from the mealy mouth shit that we saw 
before everything breaks down, and then suddenly, boom, now here's our action hero literally right here to and, me, you know. And he puts the gun down. Yeah. And then Bruce Payne just shoots a passenger in front of him and, well, grabs an, and then grabs the uh, flight attendant. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I was wrong about that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he shoots the innocent passenger right in front of him, and it freaks him the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says about the curly guy, I don't have any friends. And then he kills curly-haired guy. So, um, so Wesley Snipes runs. Holding him in a very interesting way, as you pointed out. Yeah. The way that Wesley Snipes has him in a headlock with a gun to his head. Yeah. Like you pointed out, he's got... A hand up, almost like a, a karate chop yeah. maneuver. Yeah, they actually... It looks okay. great on camera and functional and... Ooh, yeah, it looks see, amazing. I remember the, this uh, particularly on set because um, this was one of, the, one of the moments where I had an opportunity to observe them discussing the scene. And effectively, um, before the take started, Wesley Snipes was um you know aware of how everybody's using uh other people as shields and body shields and all of that right and so wesley snipes is like well wait a minute i don't want to just hold him like this across the body this way what if uh what if uh and then he just comes up with because wesley snipes authentic belted martial artist by this time i think he was already second or third don black belt in the system of karate that he trains in and his stunt crew trains in so he's literally i mean the stuff that he does all of that shit's authentic so he just whips in this this hold now the interesting thing about this hold never before or since in a movie have i seen any action hero or even a bad guy for that matter use a body shield with this particular type of hold. Now, what's interesting about the hold is that it actually, with the back of his hand and his forearm, he's actually coming underneath the uh, victim, shall we say, under their neck and chin. So if he was using this as in an authentic martial arts application, he'd be cutting off the blood flow from the artery here and then also able to control the the windpipe, mm -hmm. right? And also hold this guy's face specifically away from him, so he's not even looking at the guy while he's chuck, you know, controlling him. But he's also got the room to put the barrel to the back of the guy's head, so this guy is under complete submission control. And never before or since have I seen that kind of a chokehold in an action movie, and that's Wesley Snipes in the field creating something that has never been done before or since in an action movie. I mean, fucking brilliant, dude. And the, it's very clearly noticeable, the yeah. way he's holding him, the yeah. way the, they positioned it on camera, mm -hmm. fucking perfect. Yeah, and the way his hand is open like that, facing Bruce Payne, in an odd sort of way... It's almost like this defensive, hey, man, take it easy, you know, relax, calm down. See, empty hand here. I'm just controlling your guy. That's all I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's this interesting sort of, sort of, it, it works on so many fucking levels. Yeah, a mechanic that doesn't need to be there, but holy shit, does it lend authenticity to the scene when you see that. It's, yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes, again, with his training, so... 
Bruce Payne's like, fuck it, kills a passenger, then kills his own guy. Wesley Snipes dodges out and is able to grab the flight attendant lady who's able to uh, open up this elevator door and provide the avenue for their escape so they go from the main floor of the, the plane down to the hold where all of the supplies are, where um, they're loading in like the, the lunch and all of that sort of shit. Yeah, it's right? the, the cargo area. Thank you. Yes, that's the word, the cargo area. And, of course, who's down there but badass Mark McCauley. This Man. guy's real good. Fucking great. Okay. Um, this is a badass fight scene. It's one of my favorite fight scenes. Seriously. Not just in the movie, but like just in, in movies. quick encounter action sequences. Yeah. Yeah. This this uh, fight because... <laughs> so Mark's a terrorist bad guy down in the cargo hold. He meets Wesley Snipes and uh, the flight attendant. And the flight attendant's like, no, wait. I recognize this guy. He's cool. He was on the plane before. Wesley Snipes, all right, all right, fine. Sorry, we got to get out of here, this, that, and the other. And Mark's, Mark plays along for a minute. And then when the flight attendant's like over in a corner with her back turned, he says, I think we should do what Mr. Rain says. And pulls a knife out of his big badass fucking Rambo knockoff survival knife. Yeah, out of an ankle holster. And the music starts going. And Wesley Snipes takes this full-on martial arts pose. He's like, oh, oh, you got a knife. And then suddenly, whip, whap, whap, whap. <laughs> and, and he Marcus beats getting, the absolute he beats his soul out of his he body gets his ass handed to him but it's in such a, a believable authentic way i mean mark sells those okay. kids he it's, flops around like a rag doll i fucking love it dude he gets kicked so hard directly <laughs> in the face while he's in a full-on no, charge. No hands up, no nothing. Yeah. He is charging towards Wesley Snipes, who kicks his soul out of his body. <laughs> his he head wobbles. Him, he kicks him into another plane of existence. Okay, while I didn't like the other line, I do like this line. When, when Snipes says, well, gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> and then he fucking straight kicks him through the fucking door. Through the door, dude. Mark hits the ground and slides like another five feet on this fucking door that he's just been kicked through. It's such a great fucking stunt, dude. You know? And it's all practical. There's no wires. There's none of that shit. No. Uh-uh. He gets the absolute <laughs> breaks beaten off of him. It's a great fight. It's a great fight. It's a very one-sided fight, yeah. It's just Wesley. He comes at him with a knife and just, yeah, gets demolished. It's amazing. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, okay, yes, it's a one-sided fight. But, again, the way Mark sells No, it's fight. exactly what you want for this point in the movie. It's very well scripted. That's yeah. what's supposed to be there. Yes. Is yes. this is supposed to be a minor inconvenience to show off how badass your good guy is. Yeah, exactly. And, again, we're not at the boss fight, so this can't be a long, drawn-out fight. Yeah, no, this is the fucking Sully in uh, Commando. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is the easy kill. But Snipes straight kicks him through a <laughs> fucking door, dude. I love it. It's so it's so badass. Like, it almost looks like an accident. Like he kicked him through the set. 
And they were just like, ah. They were like, fucking keep it. Roll it. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So, okay. So, Bruce Payne knows that there's a problem. um, And that something's happening in the cargo. But still, Wesley Snipes and uh, flight attendant, um, I forget her name. uh, Are are really trying to figure out what to do. Well, so they go deeper into the plane, right? Because mm-hmm. now the plane's airborne. Oh, yeah. We are right? mid-flight. Yeah. And um, Wesley his... Snipes decides, you know what? We're going to ditch the fuel. Yeah, because his counterterrorism training... His tactics... Sa- ...says when there is a psychopath that's hijacked an airplane, yes. dump, dump the fuel... And is in control of the lives of what, 150 passengers? They say 200 later in the film. They say there is at least 200 passengers aboard. Wow. So so his plan, as a professional counter-terrorist expert, Uh is to put literally everyone's lives in danger and hope this psychopath doesn't just say, you know what, fuck it, we have parachutes, and jump out of the plane and kill 200 people, including himself. That's his plan. Well, see, now, here's the thing. The (laughs) rationale behind it, which I kind of get, is to get the plane on the ground. Yes. So that you can surround the plane with security forces and then negotiate from there, right? Yeah. But the problem, as you have pointed (laughs) out, is that uh, Bruce Payne's character is a fucking psychopath and is happy to slaughter all of those people just because. Yeah. And he proves this <laughs> consistently throughout the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Yes, he sure does. So what does Wesley Snipes do? When they get to the point where the plane is landing, he tells flight attendant lady, you know what, we're going to get off. It, but I just want to exemplify that meanwhile, it's just him and flight attendant hanging out below deck. Yeah. With 200, well, 199 passengers. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Uh-huh. 199. Possibly being just slaughtered. Well, the potential, yeah. <laughs> and excellent so excellent instead, plan. Well, so instead of continuing to try to negotiate, instead of doing something like... Um, like uh, Heroic. Well, disabling the plane further so that instead of just the fuel, now that the plane's on the ground... Really fuck up the electronics so you couldn't fly the plane again anyway, even right. if you wanted to, you know? So now, you know, what's the terrorist going to do? If the plane can't take off, you're stuck. Well, so in this instance, now you got to negotiate further. You see what I mean? I mean, you and I are able to come up with alternative solutions, but the script but, needs to go in this direction. But in this instance, it's just going to be the terrorist yelling at the air traffic controller saying, we're going to land this plane or I'll kill you. Yeah. And Which is a very again, hollow threat. <laughs> well, once again, Johnny One Note, bad guy. We have to land this plane. No, you can't. I, I, want I will kill within, passengers if I, you don't let us land the plane. Okay, land the plane. Yeah, we need within, fuel. Within, we can't give you fuel. Yeah, I want it here within five minutes or I will kill a passenger every three minutes until you get me fuel. Well, okay, I'll get you fuel. Yes. We need to, we need to take off. <laughs> yes. No, we're not going to let you take off. I will kill passengers until you let us take off. Okay, fine. Fucking take off. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's Johnny One Note, one note all the way through with Bruce Payne, you know? 
So, okay, so they land the plane, and uh, Wesley Snipes tells flight attendant lady, you know what, you and I, when the plane touches down and stops, we're going to jump off the plane, and we'll provide tactical support from <laughs> outside to yes. help negotiate. And she's like, cool. Yeah. Right? Hey, you and I are going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we're getting off the fucking plane. <laughs> Me as the terrorist specialist, the first thing I'm going to do, fuck the passengers, I'm out of here. Me as a martial artist and weapons specialist, uh -huh. I'm the fuck out of here. We yeah. can plan it from the ground. Exactly, exactly. We'll negotiate from outside of the plane. Thank you very much. So anyway... But the flight attendant doesn't have a chance to get off because no. the bad guy really helps him out by literally kicking him out of the plane. Yeah, Michael Horse literally grabs flight attendant lady, holds her while looking at him and kicking him in the face and dropping him to the ground. So now, well... It really works out for the hero. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the main part of the plan, the essential... Bad, bad guy with the assist. <laughs> the essential part of the plan still came together. He yeah. got his own ass off the plane. Good uh -huh. for him, right? But, you know, flight attendant, lady, potential romantic interest. Now he's got a reason to maybe want to get back on the plane. So, uh... He... Besides those 200 people. He well, wants to fuck this lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, exactly my point. But before that, he's got to deal with the, I mean... The local yokel sheriffs. And I will give them credit. They were not nearly as blatantly overt in their racism as they would be written today. But Brad, they did the everything short. Of those racism. They did everything <laughs> short of saying the N word. They called him boy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly my point. Exactly my point. Fuck. Well, the it could sheriff, have been a lot worse. The sheriff doesn't know who he is. He finds him having fallen out of this uh, hijacked plane. They find yeah. him on the runway. Yeah. They take him in, ask him who he is. He tells them who he is. They don't believe him. He even they, has ID on him, uh -huh. saying, "This is who I am." Uh -huh. And they go, "Well, I don't believe you, boy." Until they. Get and a Bruce call Payne. from the terrorist. Yes. Now, okay, this is one element this of the writing. This is wild, Brad. This is one ele the element of the writing I will give them credit for is Bruce Payne, bad guy, in all of his diabolical psychopathic genius says, by the way, there was a member of my terrorist group who happened to be a black man. And, and he's double-crossed me. He's double-crossed me, so if you want to rough him up and take out your southern rage on him, please, I won't hold it against you. So naturally, the sheriff and his two deputies are like, we're going to fuck you up. <laughs> well, excellent. We as law enforcement professionals got permission from the terrorists yeah. to beat the shit out of this black guy. Thank God that awesome. <laughs> Thank God that terrorist gave us cops the approval to just destroy this poor, defenseless, weaponless, unarmed black man who yep. just fell out of a hijacked who plane. Who literally fell out of a hijacked plane has credentials that he's a security officer. We're going to ignore all that shit, right? This so they go the to best. wheel him out. Yeah, so they go to wheel him out for his ass beating. And, of course, 
martial artist that he is, he doesn't take it, turns it on him, whoops the shit out of these two deputies oh, 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 on a on he, a flight of stairs. That's some good choreography. Yeah, he beats there, dude. the living hell out of these two cops. Well, and can you blame him? No. Not at all. And he gets away and they go back to the sheriff and they're like, he got oh, away, no, sheriff. Because he, he beats the shit out of the other cop on the street and steals his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So, okay, so we just have to point out um, just the slight observation that uh, John Cutter has now assaulted three uh, state deputy, uh, sheriff, uh police officers yes no matter what his rank or whatever his justification is dude's got to go to jail for a little bit of time or at least deal with that somehow yeah right because you know yeah he beat the living christ out of those cops i mean the third one he just runs up out of nowhere and kicks him in the chest (laughs) dude has no idea what's going on hey man it was an excellent roundhouse sweeping dragon tail kick you know, right to the heart, right to the heart, probably broke three of his ribs in half. His, he cracked his sternum, cracked his sternum right open. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Gave the man heart palpitations. <laughs> yeah, his life is changed. But I mean, dude, he's he going to be different now. But check this. He took one of those deputies and tossed him over the rail of the stairs. He sure did. Our hero. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a couple broken bones. I mean, certainly a hospital visit. If he landed anywhere near his head or neck, that man is dead or at least paralyzed. Right. So there's a couple of things that are going to have to be reviewed later in the investigation of this whole situation. So anyway, Wesley Snipes gets away from these racist cops mm-hmm. you know and rightly so and uh then is, he, is it fairground time yes, he speeds off to the fairground set yes. up at the end of yes the, with at the, the airport runway oh it's so fucking awesome he get he happens to get a glance that bruce Payne and uh why are they leaving that plane i have completely forgotten why the bad guys find it necessary to leave the plane because it's Bruce Payne, uh, dude that got the shit beat out of him in the uh, cargo hatch. And uh, uh, the Orlando actor that you said had moved to yeah. Los Angeles. And then yeah, yeah. Back. The three of them. Yes. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Glasses Guy. Yes. Orlando actor Glasses Guy. Uh, he had to die. They needed, they needed to, you know, kill off another terrorist, round down their numbers, and it wasn't time for Mark to die yet, because he had to cover Bruce getting back to the plane. So, why did they go to the fairgrounds? Because those three guys were supposed to literally escape through the crowd, and that was going to be Bruce Payne escaping. Oh, yeah, because they said set up a transport in 10 minutes. Yes. We're going to take had... care of Cutter first, though. Yes. We're, we'll get Cutter before we go because we want our revenge, stupidly. So, and... But uh, not really. <laughs> he's leaving his girlfriend and... Uh, native thug. Right. Michael Horse. Yes. On the terrorist plane. So the assumption from the cop's perspective is that all the terrorists are still on the plane... Even though these three literally just drop out of the bottom, walk over to a car, just start walking over to the fucking yep. fairground. <laughs> they sure do. Right in plain sight. So Wesley Snipes sees them, runs after him, catches up to him, uh, or they see him coming or whatever, and they decide to play their little hide-and-seek <laughs> through the crowd. He does a real come-hither look several times. Bruce Payne does. Yes, Bruce. <laughs> to make just... sure that Wesley Snipes hasn't gotten lost and is still following him. Oh, Wesley... Do you see me, Wesley? Come I'm right over here. 
<laughs> Come chase me, Wesley. Come chase me. So he leads him into uh, the... Sh- well, the first thing is the Ferris wheel, because Glasses guy is sneaking up behind Wesley Snipes, takes a shot, and somehow... Yeah, they're in where, like, you show cattle. They're yeah. in, like, a big barn area. Yeah, they're in, like, a 4-H barn. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the dude has him point blank, you know, full-on broad back of Wesley Snipes facing this guy. Yes, a 10-year-old could have shot him. <laughs> yeah, at least winged him in the shoulder. But somehow, this guy takes a shot, completely misses Wesley Snipes, turns and into shoots this whole a thing. rodeo clown. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody likes clowns, Chris. Really. No, I'm aware, so. but it's just a very interesting <laughs> choice to have that be the person that he hits is yeah. a rodeo clown. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so then it gets into this whole thing where Wesley Snipes inexplicably decides that a Ferris wheel is the best place to run and hide. Yeah, it's like one of the double Ferris wheels. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's got like two. Uh, Round like Two sets of carriages in the middle, yeah. And so, anyway, it's one of those. It's one of those county fairs, so it's not so big that it's a huge Ferris wheel, but it's like two smaller Ferris wheels with this little middle bar thing connecting it. That middle bar swings them all. Yes. The larger point is that they get caught up on this fucking contraption, and you're like, "Why the? Why? Why are you fighting here? What? Yep. This is just weird." Yep. That's Wesley Snipes' escape plan: is to go up high where there is literally no escape. Yeah. So Glasses guy chases him with his gun, and somehow Wesley Snipes like sneaks around behind him, kicks him in the face, and kicks him off the thing. Yeah. He right? he really stealths him in a very wide open area. Yeah. Uh-huh. And remember, Glasses guy is the one with the gun. So you'd think he'd just be like, okay, you know, wait for the shot to get clear. Uh-huh. You know, something like that. No, he There's goes, a lot of Wesley Snipes to aim at. He's not a small man. No. Uh-uh. No. And uh, and so anyway, Glasses guy dies horribly. And, uh, and then Bruce Payne and Mark are basically like, well, our cover's blown. We might as well go back to the plane, rejoin our guys... And then just take the plane to some other location. Right. I, I do. I, like I said, I just want to point out, mm-hmm. if they wanted to kill John Cutter, all they had to do was turn on the ride and bring him down. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> and, was it. And wait a little bit. They were meeting no resistance. Well, I do give them the credit for showing Glasses Guy run up to the control panel and be like, what is this? I, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And then decide to climb up after Wesley Snipes. When I'm think- more incompetent than a meth-fueled carny. I'll never get this. <laughs> I might as well scale it with Wesley Snipes. But even Bruce Payne looked at the control panel and was like, this is beneath me. You know, had, <laughs> had no, no attempt to try to, you know... No, just firing wildly onto this contraption. Yeah, completely bizarre. So so they decide to go back to the plane. Wesley Snipes figures out they decide to go back to the plane. Something like that. And in the meantime, oh, now the FBI has showed up, encountered the racist cops, and said, What did you do to John Cutter? Why? <laughs> John Cutter, even though I've never met him, John Cutter is a friend of mine. And how dare you? And I'll arrest you myself. If you if one hair on his head is harmed, yes. I will have you arrested. If John Cutter just blinks at me in the right way, you guys are going to the Hooskow. 
And, uh, and of course, the sheriff is appropriately appalled by this and contrite, saddened even. And um, off they go. Now, uh, <laughs> John Cutter comes this back. This so stupid. Oh, it's fucking, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interject. Well, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. Because this is how... This is ridiculous. Because the FBI immediately apprehend both of them very easily. Again. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Very handily, they take down Bruce Payne. Yeah, and, and okay, so He's Mark gets killed. The... Yes. Mark gets, or... No, he gets away. Yeah, that's right. He gets Te- away. Technician guy gets away because he becomes... He sneaks the... up on yeah, the ambulance yeah, yeah, EMT yeah. guy. That's right. See? Okay. Now, this is where this movie gets... Mark is even better than fucking Bruce Payne. Yes. Okay, so anyway. Now, this is where this gets wild. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. as we have pointed out, the only two bad guys left on this plane... Girlfriend. Are, are, yes, Elizabeth Hurley. Mm-hmm. And Michael Horse. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the FBI and John Cutter's plan is to allow... Bruce Payne to go back onto the airplane, uh-huh. and then they are going to have sharpshooters right. take them out through the windows and then tear gas everyone inside. Yeah. That is the plan. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. <laughs> Instead of, I counter-terrorist expert... John Cutter, I'm going to climb back through the landing gear like I got out. Well, you know what? Let's just keep Bruce Payne in a fucking refrigerator, okay? And then I personally will go back and tell you what. Give me two or three guys so that I'll go in one way. They can come in from behind in the other way. And we can make a pincer movement on these last two motherfuckers and take them out. How about that as as a counter-terrorist tactic? No, 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 no. The FBI guy who defended John Cutter actually says, well, you know what? I'll set it up so that we can have Bruce Payne think that he convinced us to get him back on the plane. Mm-hmm. So they do this whole long before the Batman and the Joker interrogation scene, you know, where did you stash the bomb? That horrible thing with Christian Bale and Heath Ledger. Terrible fucking scene. Before that, generations before that, we have Wesley Snipes and Bruce Payne. Where Wesley Snipes is like, what do you think you're doing? And Bruce Payne's like, you're going to put me back on that plane. No fucking way I'm going to put you back on that plane. I will have my people kill ter- kill all those passengers until you put me back on the plane. We're back to the, we're going to kill the passengers unless you do what I want you to do. And Wesley Snipes acts all offended. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do, Chris? They wait till it starts getting dark and dusky. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Until visibility is low. They wait until they can't see a goddamn thing to set up a sharpshooter. On top of an airplane hangar that is clearly (laughs) visible from the airplane. Out in the open. Hey. What are those two guys with rifles doing on the roof of that air, that hangar over there? Hey, let's just hope everyone's distracted by the cool lights of the carnival going on. Yeah, no shit. The whole okay. So by the time they've negotiated to put Bruce Payne back on the plane, there have been uh, multiple deaths 
at the fairgrounds. Uh-huh. Fairgrounds are still in full swing with well, crowds. Which we'll learn later, yes. Yeah. But, uh-huh. but so so all of this shit is, is breaking around. Uh, okay. Cutter gets back on the plane, right? No, they're leading Bruce Payne onto the airplane so that he can let off half the passengers or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Put me on the plane and you get to save 100 lives, Sheriff. And we get the cool through the scope of the sniper rifle shot of Bruce uh-huh. Payne, yeah. where it's directly on his back, but at the last moment, yeah. it moves down take to the, the, shot. FBI. It moves down to the goes, FBI the shot. agent. Yeah. Boom! Double cross! Yeah. It's, <laughs> yes. Brilliant it's cargo, double cross. It's cargo hold guy. Yep. Cargo hold guy takes out both the FBI guys. With a giant fucking bruise on his face. <laughs> well, you know what? First of all... Kudos to him for being such an accurate sniper and yes. sacrificing his life because Bruce Payne jumps on the plane. Uh, Michael Horse, with his little mini Uzi, uh, empties empties it out at a bunch of whatever FBI's around. He's just scattershot. Then they close the plane up. They get, they get away. Mm-hmm. And fucking cargo guy sniper... Ends up sacrificing his life, taking about, what, 30 rounds from however many different FBI guys? In a real rooftop shootout with police. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And, once again, God bless Mark selling his death. Fucking falls down those stairs like a champion, dude. Every other cop misses tremendously, except for Wesley Snipes, who does a sweet somersault before shooting him. Dude, full-on action hero roll out into... Roll out from cover into an open open airfield where mark if he saw him and had his rifle could have just easily been thank you wes and just pop 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 shot him up right there no uh uh-uh wesley snipe empties what four or five rounds and just yeah drop mark like a wet potato that fall is fantastic down the stairs dude i'm telling you the way he sells it and then when he lands this is why i fucking love that guy dude the way he lands he does this whole solid roll down these stairs, which is not easy to begin with. Believe me. I thought it was down a ladder. It's the stair ladder thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like it's got like it's a, a very fifteen or a twenty incline. degree angle yeah. on it. Yeah, but it's basically steel steps. So he rolls down that, hits the ground, rolls on the ground, and rolls in a way literally that his face, his death mask face, his death mask face. Rolls right to the camera. It's beautiful. So you know he's dead. I mean, dude, a, a better death performance you will never see. You know? But we got to figure out how to get Wesley Snipes onto that plane. I, I mean, dude, most dumb fuckery. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get in the police squad car. Tell you what. I'm going to climb by out. the local yokel redneck <coughs> sheriff who wanted to beat his ass. Yeah, the sheriff who was happy to beat his ass in and now is, you know, trying to make jokes and be jovial and... <laughs> and Tom Sizemore in the back. Tom Sizemore, who for whatever reason doesn't have a gun or doesn't want to give Wesley Snipes a pistol. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff says, you know what? Because Wesley Snipes is like, you know what? I'm going to go onto this plane. I should probably have some means to defend myself. Never thought about it before. Yeah, no. We you came know. up with this plane real fast. Yeah. Because, again, I want to just kind of break this down. Mm. The plan of three law enforcement professionals. 
Yeah. Is for them to drive in between the three wheels of the plane yeah. in the squad car yeah. and have Wesley Snipes jump onto the landing gear and shimmy his way in. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, when you say this it is like their, that. This is their plan. <laughs> you've got the federal officer, you've got the local sheriff, and you've got the specialist who's, you know, uh, that's his security this is it. That's, That's his, his career. Yeah, yeah. And these three geniuses come up with, you know what? Now that they're on there, just drive me up with your squad car. I'm gonna jump onto the front wheel and climb up. And uh, uh, by the way, um, I didn't bring a gun. Oh yeah. So uh... so Wesley says I don't have a gun, and the sheriff says, here, take this pistol. But I want you to give it back because it's my wife's pistol. Yep. Why does the sheriff have his, his wife's pistol? duty sheriff uh-huh. is carrying his privately owned wife's pistol. Yeah. I mean, if is he trying to set her up for something? You know what I mean? Why does he have that? Yeah. What the fuck is that about? And what's the first thing Wesley Snipes do? He gets he onto the wheel well and drops the fucking pistol. Fucking drops it immediately. Yeah. Thereby negating that entire exchange. They yeah. could have cut all of that. Yeah. Oh, no, they couldn't have because when the sheriff, remember, it's the joke at the end. Hey, where's my wife's gun? And Wesley Snipes just looks at him and laughs. And, and they the sheriff, all have a good chuckle. They all have a good laugh where really the sheriff would have been like, no, wait a minute. That was my wife's gun. That's a gun. Where the <laughs> fuck is my wife's gun? And also due to everything that just happened, everybody has a lot of questions for you. Yes. Oh, but, by the way. No, no, Wesley, you really need to get in the squad car. You and the flight attendant lady <laughs> I don't really think need you, to get in the squad car. I don't think car. you understand we're not asking. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I understand you want to go to the fairgrounds and watch the fireworks, <laughs> okay, but, but so, get into the squad car. You so, have to. Uh, Wesley Snipes gets back into the airplane. Yes. Oh, and by the way, as and it was clearly, pointed out to me, you can't do that with planes. You can't climb onto a wheel have it go up into a wheel well and then be able to access the plane from the wheel well. You can't do that simply because the air, air pressure of the plane, you have to lock down those wheel wells. It goes up basically into this flat little space. And if somehow you could survive fitting into that space for the wheel well, you're still going up into no oxygen and extreme fucking cold. You're fucking dead. <laughs> There's no climbing into the plane from the wheel well. Just just so people know, don't fucking try that. Okay? You'll die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't try having a local sheriff speed alongside. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No matter how good of friends you are with the local sheriff, <laughs> with your don't go joyriding. With your local southern racist <laughs> sheriff. <laughs> don't go joyriding trying to climb onto airplanes by climbing up through the wheel well. It's really not a good idea. It's probably not hard to convince Tom Sizemore to jump in the car if that's what you're doing. He'll probably come oh, yeah. with you. But. Hell, he'd probably drive, really. But in that case, you know, anyway. So so Wesley Snipes gets up into... So, so far, let's let's make clear. So far, the plan is going flawlessly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So far, Bruce Payne is on the plane like he should be with um, uh, Michael Horse and his British girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But... It appears there's a little love triangle 
that's starting to happen. Oh, we're going to get into it. Yeah. So Wesley gets successfully onto the plane and starts to have the fight with Michael Horse. Yeah. And Michael Horse and him throw down hardcore. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, of course, Wesley beats the horse. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it's not pretty. But then, uh, okay, can we just fucking talk about Michael Horse? Or uh, Bruce Payne, rather, uh-huh. and his his full on flagrant. Uh, well, like, I I so hesitate a- to say sexual assault because he doesn't actually like, you know, grind against her or. But he does use that gun in a so this a is a real way. This is a real relic of the eighties and early nineties that we don't see as much, so much anymore. Yeah. I I don't think. Yeah. Um. It's. The bad guy being jealous of the protagonist and possibly having a love interest. Yeah, it, it's the real like sheriff of Nottingham gonna going to marry Maid Marian. It, it's a very old trope. Yeah, but it, they mm-hmm. do it in such an awkward way mm-hmm. because he asks her, "Did you en- enjoy being in that tight little space down yeah. there?" Did, it's really did perverse Cut, and disgusting. Did Cutter get into your tight little space? Yeah, I it's, mean... It's such an off-putting thing to do. And I understand that it, we're not supposed to be like endeared to our bad guy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But it's very telling of the writer. And, and the, this is such a weird thing to write. That it's well, very much... It, it feels like a, uh, a real frustrated white guy thing well yeah i mean certainly it does uh and i i think on one level the idea behind it is to show that this guy is just so completely reprehensible and indifferent to the people around him even those who care about him like his british girlfriend that he will for his own ego because Wesley Snipes was interested in this flight attendant lady, he's going to make a flagrant pass at her and try to have some sort of power over her to, to say that he is just as powerful or more so than Wesley Snipes because, just because he's this kind of narcissistic, egomaniacal bad guy. Right? Yeah, it's the real, let me show you what a real man is. Yeah, and... It, yeah, and there's but, Elizabeth Hurley watching it, and now she's disgusted. So now she, I mean, if you wanted like said, to, from that, a writing perspective, you could say that's a reason for her to turn on him later. Right. Doesn't but, happen, but, you know. But in the actual, like, text of the writing, yeah, it's real gross. Oh, like there is Like, there is no reason to go that far. Like, it's it's structured in such a strange way that... Well, now let me put it this way. I will say this, though. Yeah, the dialogue is really cringy and it's ugly. But if you had, say, uh, a more experienced actors who would bring a few more layers of emotion to that yeah. scene, then it would be creepy and cringe, but it would potentially be really scary. 
Right. You know? Because he does the typical thing where he runs the He's gun. He's fucking Johnny One Note. He runs the gun over her chest and yeah. presumably puts it, like, between her legs. He yeah. does that whole thing. Yeah. But... Like I said, and I don't bless know why her, she, it's she just, rightly it's, smacks him in the face. I mean, they says you're disgusting. Yeah. Yes. Well, so they give her at least that much, where she does have this moment of okay, that's enough shit, and she smacks him. Yeah. You know. So at least there is that sort of thing, and he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, makes it clear he intends to try and fuck her at some point, and she's mm-hmm. like, uh, I'd rather die first. Uh, you'll have to kill me first, mm-hmm. right? And he goes, oh, no, I'm oh. going to kill you during. Yes, and essentially, yeah, pretty much tells her, I'm going to blow your head off while fucking you. <laughs> well, you know, he's going to kill her somehow, you know. <laughs> but the implication is still one way or another, while we're having sex, my fetish kink in particular is to kill you while I'm having sex with you because I'm just that repugnant, repulsive of a bad guy. Yes. Kind of bad guy. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if you call that colonialism. <laughs> I, I don't know what you call Entitlement, it, it's perverse, perversity. No matter what, it's, it, is, it is the final push that this guy is such a reprehensible bad guy. Wesley Snipes has to kill him. He yeah. has to kill him. Yes, he sure does. That man cannot occupy the same space as... How dare he impose himself on Wesley Snipes' flight attendant. Fuck that. No. That's Wesley's flight attendant. It's so, not Bruce Payne's flight So attendant. for one of my favorite parts of the movie, the way that Wesley Snipes is reintroduced into the airplane is uh, he just pops through a hatch in the cockpit. Oh, yeah! Yeah! He literally comes up through the floorboards... The two pilots are like, holy crap. And he says, don't worry, I'm one of the good guys. And they immediately just go, all right. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, fine. Cool. No problem. Cool, man. Yeah. Glad you're here. You need any help? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need any help? Now, as you rightly pointed out, my dear friend, how long were those guys on the ground, left by themselves in the fucking cabinet, in the cabin, and they've got a hatch uh-huh. to drop out of the cabin, down out of the plane. Uh-huh. They could have left the plane any fucking time. No, but instead they just sat in there, what, chit-chatted? Sat there going, <laughs> well, I guess we got nothing else to do except sit and wait. And it's been, it's clear that none of the terrorists know how to fly a plane because they need these pilots. Yes, they make a point. Of saying, we'll kill these hostages, but we can't kill the pilots because they're the ones who are flying the fucking plane. Uh-huh. Right? Bruce Payne can't fly the plane. Nope. He, he may not be insane, but he can't fi- fly the plane. Right? Anyway, so... So, okay. So... So... so, so he springs <laughs> up out of nowhere. Yep. Gives one of the pilots... Pops up a, like a piece of toast. Yeah. Fucking punches Elizabeth Hurley right in the face and Straight disables her. jacks her in the face. Yeah! Right? <laughs> Gives the Knocks pilot a gun and f- says, if she moves, throw her out of the airplane. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, got this. Yeah. And then she's never seen again. She is Not done. until she's thrown in the squad car. No, you do see yeah. her go in the squad yeah, car Yeah, but later. I mean, effectively, her character is done. And you know what? Uh... I don't know if it's a chick thing, 
But I'm glad they didn't kill her. Yeah, that's fine. You know? I'm totally cool with him just being like, blap! You know? She's caught. Great. Plenty of other times they could have just said, nope, you're caught. You know? Especially with Bruce Payne. Where he'd be like, you know what, Bruce? You're right. We are negotiating that. Oh, my God. They just killed three other people. Whatever. You know, keeping him in his cooler. Completely cut off from everybody else. While they're tactically taking down the plane. There were at least, what, two, if not three opportunities that we saw throughout that movie where that that would have been the easy solution. Yeah, they were know? there for several hours. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Pilots <laughs> just sitting there not using the escape hatch. I, I really want to know what they talked about. Oh, dude, do you think it was like, well, where you see that carnival over there? Man, a corn dog sounds good. Yeah, Shit. I could go for a corn dog. Too, too bad we're stuck in this hijacked plane. <laughs> Wait, did I just see a guy drop off that Ferris wheel? What the... What? Goddamn. <laughs> Boy, I wouldn't want to be that guy. You think they're going to have any music acts? You think we could roll down the windows? At least we get yeah. some music in here. Can Shit. we patch some AC through here or something? So how are Deborah and the kids? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Okay, so uh, that's Elizabeth Hurley caught. That's... um, She's uh, taken care of. Leaves only Bruce Payne, baby. Yep. And uh, so Bruce Payne, uh, does he try one more negotiation with the flight attendant or do they just get into it? I forget. Does it matter? No, not really. (laughs) So they're up in the... Okay, but uh, somehow plane takes off because they're all up in the air while this last fight stuff happens, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. They are airborne. Yep, they're airborne and, um, you know... um, Martial arts madness is happening as Wesley Snipes and Bruce Payne, who, you know, to their credit, already acknowledged Wesley Snipes is was a genuine, um, fully ranked martial artist at this point. By the way, Bruce Payne was as well. He had trained since he was a teenager, as I understand the story, worked his way up, uh, fully belted. And so when they're doing this choreography, they are uh, as two... Uh, well-trained martial artists. So there this is, is a good fight. There's real authenticity to how these guys fight, which is really cool. Not so much with the cabin losing pressure and a sea of papers just flooding them as they fight. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, on one hand, sure, it's, it's kind of, of course, shit's going to be flying around and everything, but you would have thought they were in an accounting office, yeah. you know? It looks like, like somebody turned a leaf blower. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like a like, tax place. Yeah, yeah. Like we're actually in the IRS department or something with all the paper fucking flying around. But all this debris is flying. They're fighting. People are, uh, you know, trying to stay out of the way. Some are, some are actually, you know, trying to help one way or another. But the plane is uh, struggling. And then um, uh, Bruce... <laughs> gets kicked at the door uh-huh and uh they have this uh what's the last thing he says to bruce do you remember i don't know so they're fighting there is a a very long sequence where bruce payne is standing in the open door of this airplane and wesley snipes is re- Repeatedly kicking him right in the ball bag. That's right. <laughs> 
That's why I that couldn't is, remember any of this. That is the action climax to this film, is watching yeah. Bruce Payne get his nuts tortured. Because Bruce Payne, he actually, he has no last words, and Wesley Snipes doesn't have any quippy lines at all there. You know, that, you know, always bet on black. That's right when the first, when the first takeover happens. Uh-huh. Here, you're right. All he does is he fucking jacks Bruce Payne in the balls like, like four three. fucking times, dude. And then Because he in. hits him first before Bruce gets stuck in the door. Uh-huh. Bruce is holding in the door and Wesley Snipes just straight front kicks him. <laughs> In the balls three fucking times. And the third time, Bruce is like, you know, he's... He's really buckling. Yeah, you can see he's like, that really hurt, Wesley. Please don't kick me in the balls again. And so uh, Wesley kicks him out of the plane. Bam! Yeah, he right? kicks him in the face for the triumphant uh, yeah. death shot. Yeah, because Wesley's like, okay, I won't kick you but in the balls. But previous to that, three unadulterated nut shots. Three Free nut shots, dude. Free shots Hard. to the nuts. And they, show, and they show Bruce Payne's face in between each one. Yeah, because he's like, oh, that didn't hurt so bad. What an incredible Oh, climax. that didn't hurt so bad. Oh, that really kind of hurt. I really... Wesley, don't hit me in the balls again. But what I'm saying is that this is the action climax to, to your hijacking film. Yeah. Is Bruce Payne just getting his balls battered? <laughs> and hey, just like uh, Alan Rickman in Offer, Die Hard. Offering no resistance. Well, just he could getting kicked in the shaft. He couldn't offer resistance because he's, he's trying to prevent himself from being sucked out the door of the airliner. So his hands are on either side, his legs are spread open. He's full-on spread eagle. I mean, why wouldn't you take the ball shot, dude? You know what I mean? It's incredible. He's lucky that Wesley Snipes didn't just, like, get down on his knees and just start papping it, papping it, papping it, papping it, pap. You know? He could have... speed bagging his fucking speed balls. Speed bagging his scrot. Yep. Dude's dead. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a funny way to end the action scene when you think about it, really. Uh-huh. All, all Snipes does is just ball shots to the end. And there's no... I mean, he could have said something. I mean, what kind... Okay, it's, what kind of tagline would you do after that, though? You know what I mean? I uh, don't know. That's a slam dunk for you, Bruce. G- good luck reproducing. <laughs> like what? I, uh, I don't know what. The pain in rain is okay. mainly in the genital area. Is mainly in the groin. <laughs> All right, terrible. At any rate, points made. Bruce Payne dies. He has this lovely fall. Oh yeah, right from the sky, kind of like Alan Rickman in Die Hard, only mm-hmm. more uh, from an airplane. Yeah, so higher up and more um, like um, special effecty the yes. way he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Wesley Snipes and flight attendant lady are uh, pl- they are able to get the plane on the ground. Plane because lands. the pilots are fine. Because the pilots are totally fine. Yep, exactly so. They're going to go have Mai Tais after this. Well, you know, there's the fairgrounds, which we see are in full full swing. <laughs> full swing! Yep. <laughs> yep, no investigation needed here. 
That that Ferris wheel thing is still just rotating away, all lit up. There, there has been levels of violence that are going to leave people shaken for years at this fairground. Dude, flat out murders took place. People watched a man plummet to his death from that Ferris wheel earlier that day. Yep, uh-huh. Yeah, there's no police tape marking off any areas. Nope. nope. Wesley Snipes and flight attendant just meander aimlessly back into the fairgrounds to go have a, oh. a delightful evening. <clears throat> but they do that after Sheriff in his squad car pulls up alongside them and is like, Hey, guys. Wow, that was pretty crazy. Why don't you let me give you a lift? Get into the squad car. And Wesley Snipes like, no. No, we're walking. But it's five we're, miles to town. Five miles to town. We're not getting in your fucking car, you racist sheriff. Are you sure? By the way, you still got my wife's gun. Yeah, and that's yes. the thing. Sheriff brings up the wife's gun and Wesley Snipes like, <laughs> oh, I can't they, even believe you brought that up. Of course the, I don't have The it. three of them, one of whom has no idea what is being discussed because she doesn't know. Yeah, they how all could have she a, possibly know? They all have a good laugh that Wesley Snipes lost a firearm yeah. on the runway of this airport. Yeah, and the sheriff... Sheriff is just carnival. laughing like, instead of saying, no, no, seriously, that was my wife's pistol. No, seriously. And, and where, also, do you remember where you last saw my wife's pistol? Where the fuck is and, my wife's pistol? And also, you just foiled an international terrorist whose body has now fallen on a house. <laughs> yeah, he's somewhere splattered across Florida. Yes. We gotta, We got to mop him up somehow, you know? I'm sure there's bits and pieces that need to be We scraped. need to take at least an official statement or something. You can't just go play carnival games with this lady that you just met. And Wesley Snipes is like, but look at her. No, no. We're going to the fairgrounds. I'm going to win her a teddy bear. Oh, Brad. This no. Mo- this movie's incredible. I love this movie. <laughs> and not just because I happen to have a little background knowledge about the movie. I actually, this to me is is a fun shoot 'em up, and uh, yeah, okay, it's got dumb moments in it, but it's also got really nice moments in it. And Elizabeth Hurley, when her hair gets all messy before she, you know, when she's like mm-hmm. fully revealed bad girl, mm-hmm. she looks cute as hell. Mm-hmm. She's very young, yeah. very very young. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is before Austin Powers. Oh yeah, you years know. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Brad, where does this rank on uh, on your scale of, like, airplane action movies? Because there are a few. There are quite a few uh, airplane action thrillers. Yeah. Turbulence. There, there's always well, Air Force One with ass-kicking President Harrison Ford, which I will... Yeah. that That is probably my favorite airplane action movie. But Passenger 57, after this, close second... Well, it's it's kind of tough to say because, um, like, I liked, what was it, Extreme Prejudice? Was that the one where um, where um, Steven Seagal is, like, on the tactical team and he dies, <laughs> oh, like, right in the first ten minutes of the <coughs> oh, movie? Oh, uh, the Kurt Russell movie, uh, yeah, Executive yeah. Decision. Executive Decision, right. I thought that was a pretty <coughs> good one, too. Uh, plus, we can't count out Con Air. 
Dude, Con Air. <laughs> God, what a... I mean, that, that movie is... That actually, cl- that that might be the number one. That, that That's definitely in a class rings. all by itself, that, dude. Oh, man, that Nicolas thing. Cage oh. doing the voice. Yeah, and those beauty and shots of jacked. him with his fucking... Yeah, uh-huh. his Cage's flowing hair. Jack. Yeah, uh-huh. And you got fucking... John um, Cusack being a maniac. Yeah, and then, you know, the the main bad guy. Um, John Malkovich, Cyrus yeah. the Virus. Fucking Malkovich, dude. Malkovich! But what I'm saying is that I think that... Dave Chappelle's in that movie. He too. absolutely is. <laughs> but I think Con Air owes a lot to Passenger 57. Hmm. I mean, the way that they did, like, the landing and the having to take back off and all that shit, it kind of, well, Con Air kind of mirrors the plot of Passenger 57. I will I will acknowledge that as a, a stepping stone in action movies, okay, from that perspective, yeah, Passenger 57 would clearly have influenced how they structured the story for Con Air. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see that argument. Where I see Passenger 57 ranking, I wouldn't put it exclusively in airline movie category. Right. Right? Airline action movie. Although you could say certainly that's a specific subgenre. But I think one of the reasons that this movie is significant is because this was a stepping stone movie for Wesley Snipes. This was really one of the first times, if not the first time, that he uh, assumed the lead action hero role uh, in his career in these kinds of movies, right? Now, was this before Boiling Point, or was this after? Because Boiling Point was also one of his big step-ups with Dennis Hopper. It was still... I I think it was probably... I'm pretty sure that it it was this one first... Because this one was the one, remember how we were talking before about how um, this was the first time that he made that salary. Yeah, like that leading man salary. Superstar status. Yeah, and for that time, that level of pay that he got for Passenger 57, I mean, I only heard a rumor, so I know I told you the number before. I'm not going to say it again just because it was a rumor. We don't need to air his laundry. Yeah, exactly. So the long and the short of it is, is that I think this one was first, but Wesley Snipes, if you remember, he had a series of, like, he was the action guy for, uh, for a while. And so from that perspective, I would say it's kind of like Die Hard in the sense that Bruce Willis was just a TV guy and fucking Die Hard comes out and he's the right actor for that role for that movie, you know? And Wesley Snipes, again, his performance in this, I believe him. Sure, the script may be absurd. Maybe, you know, Bruce Payne is Johnny One Note, but... The fights are fucking good in it for, you can tell this was not a huge, huge budget movie, but for the budget they had, for the sequences they had and what they did, I mean, dude, it's a good, it's good time. And I think what we're failing to mention also is that we are watching this in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, and as you rightly pointed out, 30 fucking years. Audiences had different expectations when watching action films in 1992. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was exactly what people wanted. And that's why it did so fucking well. And that's why it is 
uh, in the pantheon of, you know, your 80s, 90s action movies. And this is one that, like, the best of the best in the pantheon, this one holds up. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe there's stuff in the script that that we can poke fun at and that we can be appalled by in one way or another for whatever reason. But the long this movie basically from start to finish it's like, okay, here's the guy, here's his situation, here's what we're moving into, here's the action sequences. Boy, that bad guy really is an asshole. I'm so glad he fucking died. Mm-hmm. And not only did he die, he took four humiliating ball shots before he got knocked out the fucking plane. You know what I mean? Sick of your bullshit. And when else are you going to have a chance to see a shirtless, oiled Wesley Snipes sitting in front of incense during a flashback montage of his murdered wife? Right. It is. I mean, once again, dude. He is whole... a distracting amount of beef with a, without a shirt on. But the whole concept of the warrior at peace and that meditation thing. I mean, I don't really remember. Chuck Norris didn't do that shit. You know what I mean? Steven Seagal did that shit. Yeah. But Steven Seagal did it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, certainly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not disputing that. Although yes. I still think Hard to Kill is a great fucking movie. I love Hard to Kill. Yes. Uh, but uh, but even that one, he somehow, you know, acupunctured himself and set incense on fire. And you're like, what? what? Okay, come on. Yeah. Seriously? Come on, dude. Just nobody go... nobody believes your bullshit. Yeah. Just go back to punching the, the planks that you've roped up that you can hit. And, you know, go back to that. All right? Shoot up some bad guys. But at any rate, so... Um, so yeah, I like this movie. Even if I wasn't in this movie, I would like this movie. I think as an action movie, uh, it holds up, man. I forget that the nineties are now 30 years ago. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, huh. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. Long story short, Passenger 57, fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Watch the shit out of it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's a great fucking movie. 30 a- years ago, black action hero, boom. Carries the movie, still holds up today. Wesley Snipes deserves to be a star. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Brad, <laughs> what have you got to plug? Um, well, interestingly enough, um, I don't have any hard release dates as of yet. But uh, I have the files that you've given me related to the previous podcast for our show. So what we're going to be doing is um, making videos from those podcasts, and we're going to be doing um, video releases. So the HPV podcast will also be video uh, accessible on YouTube. And as those videos start to break, and I have release dates for those, I'll start to continue to announce those. And um, so basically, uh, we're going to start... um, offering different ways to access these podcasts and uh, see what happens. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. So that's coming up. How about you? What do you got to plug? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. Any calendars left? Oh, yep. Maybe. I don't know. I might. I think I might have given them away. I don't know. What remember. about t-shirts? Uh, no, those are long gone. Okay. All right. We got to work on a t-shirt thing, by the way. We we were thinking about getting uh, custom printed horror vomit condoms. <laughs> well, because uh, why not? There's nothing more romantic than a condom that says horror vomit on it. <laughs> uh-huh. So you know, I For, mean, maybe if you got a little smiley face or uh, I don't know, 
Nope, just our logo, ghouls. <laughs> ghouls in you, a, you, in you a can think, vomit green and blood you, red color. <laughs> you, you can think of us while you have an erection. <laughs> as, you're, well, as you're about to penetrate your loved one, you can think of us. Yes, as if you needed anything more sensual to arouse you. Here's uh, images of uh, vomit and blood and uh, discussions of disgusting horror movies. <laughs> Brad. Can't think of anything more sexy. That's amore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to each their own. I don't judge. That's right. You know. All right. Should we, uh, should we close this out? I, yeah. I haven't moved the thing and I don't know how long this has gone. Okay, it, it's, it. it's yeah, bound but, to be a, a ways. So, uh, well, no matter we, what, it's always a pleasure, Chris. Absolutely, Brad. looking forward to the next one. Man. Yeah, it, it it's been too long since yeah. we've talked about <laughs> relatively underappreciated action films. Well, uh, balls in your court this time, so to speak, or fifties uh, musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, dude. Man, God damn you! I'm 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 thinking about one, but uh, I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, we we you're yeah, the, I, it's I got your some, choice. I got, some, I got some stuff in the cooker for our next uh, yep. outing. Next one's but, up to you too, so oh it's your choice. It's gonna be rough. All right, all right, all right, dig it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Look out for the next one. Hey, goodbye. Take care. Bye. Bye.